Hi, this is Red Band, and you're listening to the Death Squad Podcast Network. This is The Naughty Show. If you want to subscribe to us, go to iTunes and type in Death Squad. And don't forget, DeathSquad.tv has all the links to all the guests and all the video components that you can watch on Ustream. And we want to thank everybody who has donated. Your money that you have donated towards the show has helped us buy new equipment. And we're upgrading all the time thanks to you. And now here's the 90 Show podcast. Yeah, I'm with you. Yo, and it's the Naughty Show podcast. We got big guests. Was that Black Keys again? Yes. God, I gotta get that album. It's they have so like forty albums. As always, we're here good. with my trusty friend, the Teeb. Everybody who's just known as the Teeb now. It's no more Jason. Yeah, Teeb. I had a guy come up to me at the store last night, and he's like, "Are you the Teeb?" Yeah, I'm like, yeah. He's like, dude, I love your guys' podcast. I'm like, you're making my night, buddy. Red Band living the dream. Red Band is a legend. Uh, you guys don't understand his power. Uh, we will go into another day. I'm sure he's not ready to make big announcements. Well, let's just, is he underrated? Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. In a weird way, he is. Sneaky. It's, if you understood the power of the Red Band, it's the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. And uh, with us today is one of the, my favorite uh, comics. Uh, we've worked together at in Vegas. He's done the Naughty Show. Just saw his awesome one man show. Uh, give it up for the man, the myth, the legend, one there, Jim Florentine. Everybody. Yay. You go from doing, uh, you know, Howard Stern show to sitting in a guy's closet in the valley. Congratulations, <laughs> oh, brother. Do anything. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm in full circle. You're winning. That's what we would say. You're winning right <laughs> yeah. now. Um, and we're doing, a, I think we're making podcast history right now <clears throat> in that we're we're interviewing you, but in a weird way, you're interviewing us because you're going to post this maybe onto your, your uh, podcast and all that stuff. So it's like Barbara Walters interviewing Oprah, Oprah Winfrey yeah. and Oprah. Interviewing Barbara Walters. Yeah, and I'm, uh, well, I'm just too lazy to go do it again with you. So I said, why don't we just set it up at the same time? We'll knock it out in a fucking hour, and we'll be on our way. Uh, I'm done. And what's the name? It's just going to be the Jim Florentine. Yeah, just, yeah. Right. It's not even uh, iTunes didn't even fucking approve it yet. Why they it's got been over really? a month? It's it, iTunes is like that. You know, if worst comes to worst, I have a connection with iTunes that I, that I, I can uh, help. You know, but I yeah, got all my shit up there, like all my CDs, my stand-up, all that stuff's up there. So, it's so and weird. For, it's been over a month now, so I still, I'm still waiting. I but I, put, what, I got a bunch in the can. So, do they say why they won't do it? No, they, they just said ignore you. No, they just ignore you. My nephew's work. They said we're gonna send it again, resubmit it. I thought it was something I said. I'm like, are they censoring people? But it was. It's not even that. They I, don't give a fuck. I know, I know Jim Jeffrey people. or is it Jim Jeffries? Yeah. They keep on getting his podcast pulled just because of the name of the podcast, which was something like like asshole or bullshit or something oh, really? like, yeah, it was something like that where they, they even had it censored so you can't even see what it was but they kept on getting it pulled i guess so that, i guess they do censor nazis yeah. well jim uh you man i got to go see your one man show at the uh beecher's madhouse it's in uh, this awesome hotel called the roosevelt on hollywood boulevard uh beecher used to have a huge show in new york city then it moved to vegas then now he's moved to Hollywood, and it's awesome. He redid this theater, and you were the first show I saw in the new theater. And uh, honestly, man, your your one-man show is phenomenal. Thanks, man. It's really phenomenal. I've man. been working on it for about two years. You know, I don't, you know, writing it and, you know, did a couple of small shows on the East Coast, but this is, like, my biggest show so far with it. And that's what is the goal is to go and tour it around? And yeah, pretty much. Do, like, little <laughs> theaters, maybe off-Broadway. 
you know, like a little shitty theater off Broadway and then, you know, bring it around the country. But not in comedy clubs because it doesn't work in comedy clubs. Right? Which, I, which I don't understand why it wouldn't work because, you know, for I've seen one-man shows and honestly, yours is like one of the funniest ones I've ever seen. And it's like, because I always felt that's why people did one-man shows is to take away from the pressure to actually have to get laughs that they could go for a while telling a story and you not have to be like, oh, nobody's laughing. But like yours was like, because I, I, you know, our sense of humor is very much alike. I, yeah. I really got it and I really enjoyed it. And it was such a great story. And like, you, and you know, like, I love metal too, man. I love metal. I'm the same way as you. I love, I didn't have all the concert shirts, but you know, which is hilarious because uh, I don't want to get into it because you're still working on it. Nah, so. You can talk. We can talk about yeah. it. Absolutely. You know, uh, he, he just takes us through his whole life. And it's really funny because there was like, I, I, you know, it's like I had so much like, like, I guess you got molested. I almost got molested twice. And like, there is this thing like, okay, why didn't they molest me? <laughs> why didn't they commit to it? You know what I'm saying? Like twice I was with convicted guys who didn't go for me. Yeah, I know, man. Because a couple of my other friends got did get molested with with the priest, but not me. We've talked about it later on in life. And then, you know, then, then there was one guy that did. That did molest me, but then there was like five other friends he didn't go near. Yeah. There was no rhyme or reason. Right. You know? I it was, was the like, late 70s. It was the fucking, you know, why not go for it all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Get as much little dick as you can. Yeah. Because yeah. your like, parents wouldn't believe it. Like, no, no, they would never do that. Don't even bring that up. And well, then that's the always they would always get away with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. It's so weird, man. Twice, man. There was, it's always fathers. Father Dan was getting, like, he'd take guys on these, um, I forget what they call it, like blood baths. I don't forget what it was, but we'd go, we'd sh shoot hoops with them, and then we'd all jacuzzi. And like right there when you know you're jacuzziing <laughs> with a grown man, right. and you're like 10, shit's not right. Eight-year-olds do not need yeah. the jacuzzi. They are built to play and use their muscles, and you know what I mean? They don't need to relax much. But, what were you wearing in the jacuzzi? <laughs> yeah, a condom. Like, did you just have like sweats, uh, like little shorts Yeah, on? little short shorts. Okay. I can't believe really, you know. <laughs> a thong. I just want a picture with the, the but, scenario. Uh, can you talk about, I don't know how much specifics you want to get, but there was really funny about one thing that happened to you and then what you got out of it. Uh, can you go into that or you want to yeah, say Yeah, no, that? I could go into it. You know, like about how like, I, I didn't, because I had to run to the bathroom, I came back and you'd just gone into the story and it was uh, about, I guess it was a pro wrestler that had molested you or someone who knew pro wrestling? No, it was a wrestling photographer. A wrestling oh, photographer. Wow. It was really funny. Yeah. And, uh, and so, it should be a sign that that guy's into some gay stuff right there. I know. Like, I didn't know. I'm like a 14-year-old kid because this guy was a photographer that would sit in the front row at the matches and take yeah. pictures and he'd be outside of Madison Square Garden with his wrestling album so before the matches you would go up to him and buy pictures off him for like a dollar and then he became friends with us so he's like, hey, give me address i'll send you some pictures in the mail yeah. all of this stuff and you know and then it, <laughs> and then as soon as our dads weren't at the matches because sometimes they let us take the train in new york and go by ourselves he as soon as he saw that he'd be all hey i got some uh, seats in the front in the front row because he was always in the front so we get down there because we were in the nosebleed seats yeah and, and then your nose yeah not to cut you off but even your nosebleed seats weren't that bad they weren't that bad because i went back to the venue and, so, and took a picture from the nosebleed seats at a new wrestling man i'm like it was only like 50 yards away was i that desperate of a kid <laughs> To get that close, right, right? And then I had to sit on his lap in the front row because he no. said there was extra seats. And 
<laughs> nibbled on my ear. And, you know, really? Yeah. But, and then I, I say at one point, I go, you know, I go, I'm buying, uh, I'm sitting in a, a guy's lap. He's nibbling on my ear and I'm trying to buy, I'm trying to get wrestling pictures of, uh, pictures of guys in tights. <laughs> on top of it each can't other. can't get any gayer than that. It really can't. 100%. And nobody it's, said anything about him nibbling on your ear? Well, I didn't, because he, he gave me pictures to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> he bribed you? Yeah, oh yeah. He's like, hey, I'm sorry. If you take a couple of these pictures, don't say anything. I'm like, okay. Keep your mouth shut. Here's I can have all three of these. Yeah, he gave me, yeah, I got uh, Superstar Billy Graham, Bruno right. San Martino. Right. Hulk Hogan bleeding because he never bled in the beginning. Yeah, that was a rare one. <laughs> and we were, t- you know, Roddy Piper hangs out at the comedy store all the time, and he's the fucking nicest guy, the coolest like, guy. You wait, you're like he's so nice, and you just wait, and you're like, okay, the evil prick is gonna come out. The guy who's like done WrestleMania in front of ninety thousand people's got to have an ego. It's gonna come out, and he's just gonna blast somebody for no, and never comes out. And we were talking about, I, I was talking when I first met him. I, I like got giddy, you know. I'm like, whoa, that's Roddy Piper. And I was talking about why I like wrestling back then so much more because they were built like your dad. You know what I'm saying? Yep, yeah. Now they get another in gay shape. And it's just like, <laughs> yeah. I don't enjoy that. <laughs> yeah, you know? right. They're yeah. very West Hollywood now. You know, it's like you're, it's Sergeant, like Sergeant Slaughter would come out hungover, yeah. man tits, yep. and you just fight for freedom. And you're like, fuck yeah, my dad could do that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Big John stuff. They always looked hungover. They had guts. They were, you know what I mean? And that's why that's I liked wrestling, you know? But then, like, then the diddling happened. You talked about that. And I found that really funny is because, uh, you know, he you're sleeping and you wake up and he's diddling you. And, yeah. then, he, and then he's telling you that he, he's teaching you a magic yeah, trick. Yeah, so it was just a magic like, trick. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, I'm going to make your cock disappear. Yeah. And then he bribes you with more pictures. Yeah, he gives me 35 this time out wow. of his album. No, he, how many pictures are there, though? He says there's... There was 50 in his album. He said, I'll give you 35 out of the 50. I couldn't take the whole album for some reason. I guess he was going to save some pictures for some other kid he was going to bless later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is so ballsy because you yeah. just got busted diddling somebody. You should go all in yeah, on right. all 50 pictures. He should have gave me his album and his yeah. fucking camera. <laughs> Yeah, this shit hasn't even been done and shown yet. Just take the whole camera. Now, how did he get you when you were sleeping? Well, because he somehow he convinced my parents to stay over my house because oh, he knew all the kids in the neighborhood because we all go to wrestling. Oh, he was matches. at your house. Yeah, he was at my house. Okay. So my parents thought it was weird. Like, why is this? 40 year old guy want to hang out with a bunch of 14 year olds but my parents and everybody in the neighborhood met him from going to their matches and they're like it's weird but you know we didn't, we didn't think people creepy people like that existed at that you all yeah you so know. they were a little reluctant but like all right fine you know because he was going to hang with all the kids over you know on a weekend or whatever and then he slept in the guest room that night and then in the morning when i woke up he was in my room with his hand down my pants is, is, <laughs> is, this, is, is this guy still alive he's uh, he's in jail he's, oh, he's really? been in jail because we about a month later he got busted like less than like 30 two kids wow. we heard from his assistant so I think he's still in jail to this and day. you said something beat the shit out of him that well night. my brothers did because you great it's so first, great you know when I went to go tell him when he you know he had his hand on my pants I, I started running to the door I had two older brothers that didn't like him because they knew like this something's fucking he's weird he's up to here. no good yeah and uh, he, he blocked the door and he goes look I'll give you 35 out of 50 pictures if you don't <laughs> say anything and I'm like oh fuck this is alright cool I go you know because no chicks wanted to make out me in high school or anything you know right. I was a fucking loner with like long hair and metal 
but I'd have a great wrestling picture album to show everybody. Yeah. <laughs> so I sat there and took them all. As soon as I was done, then I ran and told my brothers, and they were beating. The sh- they beat the shit out of them. But I made sure I got the pictures. Yeah. I was pretty. You like you said you wouldn't say anything. You looked like didn't. I told them about the great magic trick. Was yeah, that- <laughs> yeah. Because as they were dragging them out and punching me, he was like, I thought you weren't going to say anything. I go, I didn't say anything about the magic trick. I just told me grab my cock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was really funny, man. And you know, at the beginning of your show, you talked about how you're gonna, you know, you're gonna laugh. You're gonna get a little weird and then you're gonna cry and I'm like oh I'm not gonna cry what's Florentine gonna say it's gonna make me cry and it gets really fucking man real at the end man and like it was really an amazing thing to watch you perform at at that end of the at the end of the show because it's like it was real dude you like you 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 know you had to take a moment when you're talking about your ex and like I'm like wow man that's some that's some shit that is so deep and it's like you couldn't even go on for a couple seconds and it's very brave, man. And then at the end, you say that, and there was a part of me like, okay, man, if this guy is, this is the last story he tells, and he just walks off and he just fucks everybody's heads. That is the greatest thing I've ever seen. And then he's, and then at the end, you know, because it's a great story, Kid Rock and how you met your uh, fiance. Right yeah, I had now. an ex um, um, take a life, so I talk about that and all. You know, pretty much what got me up to that point. But yeah, I didn't want to end it on that story because it's like, it's really heavy, but you just want to show like, all right, so where's this person? What have you done since then? You know, yeah. Yeah. you know, just it came from this point, you know, in the beginning of the show to all the way to this point and where I got, what I got from it and, you know, how I got to the next level. And like, got out of that funk and that, that fucking deep, dark depression. Because you were talking about how you, uh, you, you felt her go. Yeah. Which is really fucking. Dude, it was the weirdest thing, man. Like you were, it was like the biggest show of your life. And you know, or at that point, you—I think you said you were opening. For I was dice. opening for Dice in front of a thousand people in my hometown and in the theater that, that I've been going to since day one. You know, like always. And I was like, "Holy shit, I'm going to be on that stage and crushing!" Yeah. I just felt this shit, this weird surge go through my body in the middle of the set. I'm like, "What the fuck?" I'm like, "Whatever." I had no. It was so it was so strange because you know when you're on stage, you're in the moment. Right. You, know, you can go on as a comic if you you can go on stage with a broken ankle and not feel yeah. it when you're up there in the moment. I remember having I had to get two wisdom teeth taken out. I couldn't even fucking move, and I got up on stage and I and I felt there was no pain, and I didn't want to get off the stage because as soon as I got off, I was going right back to the pain. So and just that I felt that surge, and then later on, it wow. really was. I mean, it was a weird thing, but it was definitely it was hard leaving me. That's and wow. I believe in that whole energy thing man and then you know I, I hate going through your whole show because I don't want to ruin it for everybody nah we'll some... give him a little preview that's <clears throat> yeah. good maybe people come and out and then the it. Indian doctor guy yeah that is awesome man that is the craziest thing because you know I just met Laura she just moved out here she's a very nice girl man cool I always dig chick. I always love chicks who are in the dirty comedy man yeah whether they're comedians or whether they're just chicks yeah. walking which is another cool thing about your show is like there's all these hot chicks and they're laughing at some nasty funny <laughs> shit and you're like that's sexy to me you know yeah. and it she shows was, that they get it and she you know she she was part of the little story at the end and yeah the, I thought that was you know about, she sent me yeah my friend Laura Levitas she's a comic and very funny yeah she's really cool and she sent me she was telling me about this spiritual healer guy like a shaman guy she was telling me even before this happens like you gotta go see this guy i'm like i'm not going to fucking see a healer i'm like you know because you know, guys think it's bullshit yeah like, guys do yeah. not believe in oh the signs and all you like you do some jokes about that tebow where you like guys are in the horoscopes or anything like yeah that. yeah yeah and girls believe in this whole thing and guys like whatever yeah i don't need somebody shaking chicken bones over me and yeah because you know like when you meet a chick like when's your birthday oh, oh you're a leo i can't yeah, I'm like I'm really done. yeah really okay <laughs> really because my parents fucked 10 months before right. nine months before <laughs> nothing that i'm an asshole yeah 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 they just, that's like, just I, a cool 
coincidence. My dad decided to leave it in that night, so I'm an <laughs> asshole because right. it was that day and it wasn't a month later. Because right. if it was a month later, I'd be a fucking totally different person. Yeah, and if women really believe right. in that, they wouldn't let you try to knock them up at certain times of the year. Exactly. Like, no, we got to wait a month. Yeah. So then you become I'm a not, I'm not giving birth to a Capricorn. Yeah. 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 You know, only anal until fucking February. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mommy can't get pregnant. But uh, so, so she uh, she sends you to this guy. What's his name? Like Chief Gypsy. That's it. Right there. You know, know something shady. His name's Gypsy? Yeah. Yeah, the guy's name's Gypsy. That so guy was born to be a healer. They named him Gypsy. You wonder if he's got fucking wrestling pictures for you? And yeah, stuff yeah. Like when that. I go meet him, like, I'm like, because she's like, go, you know, this guy's going to like massage all the shitty feelings out of your body. He's going to find all the crap that's, you know, in your back, everywhere, you know? And I'm thinking, I'm not getting a massage from a guy. Then I'm thinking, well, what, down if, that road. I'm like, what if this guy has some cool wrestling pictures? <laughs> <laughs> like if I was kissing a guy and sitting on his lap, imagine what I would do all right, take if this your guy shirt. can make me feel better. Take your shirt off. I'm going to teach you a magic trick. <laughs> <laughs> so he starts out work. I mean, and you said right out of the gate, like he knew shit that... Nobody knew, or that there's no way he could know that. No stuff. way he could know that. Like, I mean, pin, like, like pinpoint accurate. A note that she left me, um, he said word for word what was in that note, and I didn't what? go, "Hey, yeah, I got this note. Can you look at it?" And you know, and Laura didn't even know because I never told anybody what was in it, and he just fucking right off the bat. Wow. Reeled off three things in a row, exactly what she wrote. This was out here at East Coast. Where's this guy at? He's both. He's L.A. and New York. Okay. Is he still around? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, give just me out. his number. I want to go visit Dude, you got to see. He's, he's unbelievable. He, he was just out here, but he was going to come to the show, but he went back to New York. He comes back and forth. He used to work for Bob Hope. Bob Hope used to take him on the road just to keep him positive and keep like a good aura around him when he was on the road and just massage him after the show and shit like that. And just no gay shit, you know, because this guy, this guy's, this guy, I'm bang, with you. this guy bangs like 19 year old strippers. I'm sure. And dude. he's like a 60 year old Mexican. I'm fucking, sure. Yeah. I mean, it's the greatest. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's not, a, I, at first you're like, whoa, I, I don't know. I'm, you got to get down your underwear with a guy. Okay. This <laughs> guys a, don't do that. But it has nothing, it's nothing like that at all. Guys won't do that yet. We have no problem with going to the Y and sitting in a jacuzzi buck naked with strangers. But when it comes to spiritual shit, we will not, we're, we're not, on board in that but he told you some amazing shit like about uh about how like it's not your fault you you, you weren't there for chapter one and yeah yeah he says basically like you know you were you were chapter three in a life chapter one was the root of the problem you weren't there for chapter one which makes so much fucking sense yeah it really you know, does it, it's born you know <laughs> it, it happens when the person's born whether it's a chemical imbalance or whatever or a childhood or something mm -hmm. to happen something dramatic so, you know, when you're chapter three in their life, it's like, that was all shit that was done way, the damage was done way before that. That was... So you can't put it on you, you know? So you just need, like, shit like that, you hear, and it, it finally makes sense. 100%. Uh, why is that box right there, Red Band? I don't know. I'm so, like, it. right next to the... The guy has to slouch the whole fucking <laughs> show. I'm like, he's gonna leave here with scoliosis. <laughs> no. Great podcast, but I got bad back problems. I thought that was, like, an advertiser or something. No. You guys are trying to get a little plug. He's gonna have to you're, call you're fucking Gypsy to get an adjustment, man. This is gonna be weird. Um, I think your career is awesome, man. I think, you know... I don't know if you ever can sit back and appreciate it. Sometimes other people got to tell you. But you have a phenomenal career, and you're doing awesome. I don't think you need me to tell you. Like, there's a couple people who I'm jealous of their career. I love what I'm doing, but there's people out there I'm like, man, that guy's doing it, and he's doing it the way he wants to do it, and it's awesome. Rogan's one of those people, uh, and you're one of those people. I think your career is phenomenal from you know being on Stern, Crank Anchors, and then the metal show. is like I love the metal show. Because I grew up on metal, and I love metal, and I feel like in the West Coast, like, 
or there's no appreciation for metal, at least like maybe in LA. Like I grew up full on like my first. What was your, do you know what your first album was that you ever bought to you both? Boston, Boston, Boston. Great Bo- record. Do you, do you remember what you had. bought? Yeah, it's phenomenal. Paula Abdul. <laughs> <laughs> the first Paula. album you bought was yeah. Paula Abdul, and, and the was, and the podcast just ended. And it was the Good one night, where it was like everybody. two different colors. It was like a special edition one. Man. So you were you ever a metalhead or are you more a hip hop? I no, I was a metalhead, but I started. I mean, I, I'm I'm fucking 36. So when CDs first came out, it was just cool to get a. Thir- a CD, right? You know, so Paul Abdul was like hot right th- at the time, and then uh, I got, I'm was into mostly like Nine Snails and like Metallica and shit like that. Which is he's all, Primus. He, he's all, no, Nine Snails. Trent Reznor, phenomenal, yeah. great story. That's a whole different thing. My first uh, album, Guns and Roses, Appetite for Destruction. What a what a what an album to start. Yeah, yeah. where do you go from there? Yeah, no wonder I hate everything out there. Oh, that that band sucks. That was my first album, Guns N' Roses and L.A. Guns. I remember buying yeah. those and just playing them forever. Uh, what was your first album? Uh, shit, man. It was probably like, I think, Ted Nugent, Double Live Gonzo. See, I had two older brothers that were into metal. Like, they, like you know, in the late, mid, late 70s when I was a little kid. They were right. into Ted Nugent, Aerosmith, Boston, sure. The Cars. Yeah, Cars. You know, shit like, yeah, albums like that. And then it, then it got into like Judas Priest. And Black Sabbath was Sabbath. another big one, and ACDC. So they got me. They would bring me to concerts when I was like twelve. Oh, right. Okay. That, that, that's I, always I such trickle down that, like, because uh, a lot of my friends that were like got, that were my age that were getting me into like metal and like, you know, like all that kind of stuff. It was always their older brothers that would like, you know, you'd always oh, go yeah. to con- you're fourteen going to concerts with dudes that were eighteen smoking pot and shit. You know? Yeah. Oh yeah. My first concert was uh, Van Halen opening up for Black Sabbath. Oh my in god. In 1978, with Ozzy was still in the band, and you know Van Halen's first album just came out. Do you, have you ever heard a comedian named Fraser Smith? No. He, he works out here. He's a really nice guy. He's uh, you know, he's in it at all the clubs. He's the guy who blew up uh, Van Halen. He's the first guy to ever play them live on the radio. Really? Oh, play their CD yeah, on. yeah. He discovered them. Man. That. Wow. And uh, Dana Marshall, uh, she's a good friend of mine. I love Dana Marshall. She's my girl. We uh, she uh, is the one who got Guns and Roses on MTV. And she basically went to them because she just got out of college. And she's like, this band is awesome. You got to put them on. They're like, no, we don't want them. I'm like, no, you got to put them on. They're awesome. And they go to her. They go, we'll put her on. We'll put them on. But if they bomb, you're fired. And she's like, okay, cool. I'm down with that. They put them on and they just blew up from there. Because I remember when that album came out, you know, um, that it took a while before it to hit. It, like it was out and there was a little buzz with it. And Welcome to the Jungle was the first video that they put on MTV and they would only show it late at night because they thought it was too racy. Yeah. Because you know, like, those guys weren't wearing makeup and they, yeah. you, know, they, you know, they were more like the tattoos, which none of those 80s guys, they were all wearing bandanas right. and all the corn spandex. Spandex. And so, and then and for like six months, they would just show it late at night every once in a while. And then they were like, then they made the Sweet Child of Mine video. And then for some reason, they put it on and it fucking just went through the roof. And that's when, about six, Six months after that album came out, that's when it started really selling. So your show, the metal, yeah, they were. F- I remember it, man. It was so phenomenal. And then I, I wish Axl Rose could just get it together. You know what I'm saying? Like just like bam, come on. It'll you, never. Ha- you're I don't part think of the it, greatest band of all happen. time. But your metal show is amazing. Now, did you pitch that, or were you casted for that, or is that your project, or were you brought on? No, it seems uh, like such a labor of love for you. It's like right in your wheelhouse. Absolutely, yeah. Eddie Trunk, the guy, one of the guys I host a show mm-hmm. with, he has had a radio show in New York for like thirty years, 
hard rock, heavy metal show. So he's been on every station, New York, Jersey, whatever. He used to work for Megaforce Records back in the day to have Metallic Anthrax. So he has a whole history of it. And he used to do um, uh, interviews on VH1 Classic with like metal and rock guys. Uh-huh. And then he pitched the show because me and the, the other guy in the show, the comic Don Jameson, we used to just go on. We were fans, you know, coming home from a gig on a Friday night as a comic. He was on Friday night from like 11 to 2 a.m. Oh, that's cool. So we would listen in a car driving for a few hours. Perfect. And Eddie would have the only, and he brings his own CDs in and plays whatever he wants. It's not fucking formatted around. He takes requests and he puts shit on. Like, Which is why it's probably an awesome show. And people love it. And we've been, we've been listening for years like, this fucking guy's cool. We yeah. can hang out with this guy. We grew up with the same music. And then we met him at a show. And then we started hanging out. He goes, oh, you guys are comics. Come up to my studio. And we started going to his radio station and basically doing the metal show on his show just taking calls and arguing over bands and stuff. And then he said, I'm going to pitch this to VH1 Classic. You never know, because I work there. And he pitched a show, and they said, all right, we'll give you money for a pilot. Now, is VH1 Classic just code for the white channel? Because VH1 Normal has just gotten this... Oh, like, it's reality. It's all reality. Well, it's, no, it's gone... And, and, like, I love some of it, but it's, like, very, like... It's gone urban. Like, <laughs> it's, like it's weird. It's, like... Flavor Flav did something, you know, Flavor of Love did something to that channel. They're like, we're getting rid of all the stuff that was working and we're going strictly for this. And then all the stuff that was on that channel has gone to like almost like the classic almost. It's like, it's weird, right? Well, that's why our show can't be on VH1 because, you know, we have Lita Ford on and, you know, that can't go on. Right after you know, fucking uh, NBA basketball. I, I love New York. You yeah, know, that fucking, whatever the fucking NBA her name basketball is. wise. Shaniqua from the Bronx isn't gonna go. Lita Ford's back. Oh my god, <laughs> I gotta watch this. we have no lead in whatsoever. So right. we're better off after a rush documentary on VH1 Classic. Right. Yeah, I and mean, I felt like MTV at some point, you know, made a decision we're not showing rock anymore, and I never understood that. Like, why did? And I love hip hop, man. I mean, like I have as much metal. In my iPod, as I have hip hop, I mean, like we, right. it's the same. But I, you saw a distinct move toward no, it's all hip hop now, which I don't understand that. Like, have you ever like, where did that come from? I know because when I was a kid, when MTV first started, it was new wave, like all that new wave shit. Yeah, you know, like, like flock, flock of seagulls, seagulls all that crap, and then all of a sudden it turned to hard rock and metal, and that's what made all those the bands Rad and Motley Crue and all that shit and Whitesnake and made all those bands that are playing those videos and then all of a sudden it went to Nirvana and Pearl Jam it went to the, you know did you ever get into that Were you? yeah I, I liked that I didn't care you know because I thought the 80s metal was it, it needed a break yeah because it was all sounded the same everybody put like you know two or three ballads out sounded just like the fucking Poison or the Motley sure it Crue got ballad. very formulaic yeah so it needed a kick in the ass and mm-hmm. I loved Nirvana it had a, a Black Sabbath sound to it, it yeah was, Stone but, Temple Pilots too I Stone loved Stone Temple Pilots was great Pearl Jam I I thought it was sure. great Soundgarden. Sound- and then, oh, yeah. And then when fucking Rage Against the Machine came, it just took uh, it to a whole other level, man. Yeah, man. It was yeah. fuck, it's, it's still, to that day, is my one of my favorite bands. Like, Nine Inch Nails, are you a big fan uh, of Yeah, them? absolutely. I they felt I too. love his story, man. He just came out, crushed it. And then he got into really dark places. And I remember people talking about, like, Trent Reznor, it's like, you know, it's almost like what they were talking about with Charlie Sheen now, where he's like, he's like going out on a deep end and it's getting really bad. And then he just had this resurgence, and I was so happy to see him win an Oscar. I'm like, that is so badass. You know, I know you have a picture with him. You met him and stuff like that? No, I used to, uh, back in the day when I was stuck in Ohio, I was always, I was a huge Nine Inch Nail fan, so I was like, how am I going to meet him? I need to meet this guy. 
so I, I wrote this uh, his publicist or his uh, record label and saying that hey I have a fan club I have a uh, hundred people in this fan club I, I make this newsletter and I put it in the, the local record stores I just want to know if I could like take a photo and interview them or do anything I can and they're like absolutely send us a copy of your thing and you, you and and so I sent them I made up this fake newsletter at Kinko's before computers and shit uh, and uh, sent it to them and they were like we love this you get any Marilyn Manson Nine Inch Nail show anything on our record label you get free interviews backstage photo passes anything so for about three years I used to tour with like Nine Inch Nails and just hang out with all those guys and during like all that crap and then I got to the point where I like uh, here's the stage at the front and then there's like the security and bouncers and then the, the mosh pit. I was in front of the security, just like at Trent's feet, taking photos uh, on, you know, like a weekly basis. And it was, it was badass. It, and Marilyn Manson, hung out with Marilyn Manson a few times. and Pre or post removing of the rib so he could blow himself? Uh, I think that was pre, yeah. Okay, this was this, get... was this was when Marilyn just was about to get big and Trent was getting big uh, with... Uh, I think broken or something like that. You ever watch in his trailer and just trying to suck himself off? He's like, a little closer, yeah. Red Band, just a little closer. No, but I saw a lot of crazy shit because <clears throat> during, I don't know, back in the day, Nine Inch Nails, it was just like, you know, guys making out on stages while breaking keyboards over their heads. It was fucking crazy shit, man. I was. Your well, boredom in Ohio, your Midwestern boredom, <laughs> has really led you to a spe spectacular life, bro. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's why, like, we always say, like, that band Slipknot's from Des Moines, Iowa. Right. There's, there's nothing going on. It's just fucking cornfields. That's why they're so angry. And yeah. that's why I love gigging yeah. out in those places. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I love going out there because they got nothing, and they're so appreciative. Yeah. And, like, sometimes the redder the state, the crazier the crowd. Absolutely. Almost always. You know, it's just like... They have these rules. They they're they're politically conservative, but they're like they party like hardcore, like liberal. You know what I'm saying? Like Arizona, Nevada, Texas, Indiana, Florida. Even. Just I just love partying out there. Some of my best partying stories are from those states because you do a show and then you get after, and this girl's just got nothing else going on. Yep. Yeah. To you, they're a you're a celebrity to them. Well, look, I mean, you know, the liberal view is. You know, if you're offended, if you're making fun of the homeless or so, whatever it is, yeah, you kind of talk then about they, that in then, your they, show then too. they get mad, right? You know what I mean? They the come offended. Like, yeah, they get offended. You know, the one thing about conservatives, like, all right, I don't agree with that, but whatever. No, I'm with you. They on don't, that. They don't take it as mm -hmm. personally as a liberal yeah. does. If you go up there and make make fun of the homeless, like, oh, how could you do it? You know, after the show, she wants, she's like, yeah. I want to, I want to fuck them, but how could you make fun of the homeless? Do you realize they're mentally ill? You know, all this shit. There's like, that, that, that bleeding heart aspect. Yeah, exactly. That they take the jokes too personally. Yeah, uh -huh. she. Uh, I wanted to hook up with this chick, and she wanted to hook up with the other comedian. The show was one of my best friends, and she's like, "I just like him because he doesn't offend anybody." I'm like, yeah. "What does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean?" You, you like, and there's this whole thing like, I, I, and I got an argument with a female friend of mine about how women ruin entertainment because they love like everything you say that sucks. That's worse. It's all chick shit. Chicks love that stuff, and they're like, "Well, we're 51 percent of the population, but you like." it for the wrong reasons it's never for what the art is it's for he's cute or you know oh it's so adorable it's like let's get back to like rock and fucking what was great man. i know yeah no you're right absolutely i mean it's uh it's just weird yeah absolutely because chicks take it personally too you're like a lot of you know it's funny because a lot I have no problem with Dane Cook. I, he's a nice guy. Yeah, I don't, man, you know, I'm what cool he, them, dude. Totally, you know what I mean. And what he did, look, the bottom line is a lot of comics. You know, after the show, 
they fucking just go to the bar and get hammered and they just bitch about other comics. Sure. That guy never drank or did drugs. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to go home and fucking make a mailing list and mail out my shit or write material, whatever he did. He never did. Yeah. So a lot of guys hate him because he's good looking and their chicks go, oh, he's hot. And that fucking drives a lot of guys crazy because mm-hmm. guys are like, I'm fucking funny. He's, I'm funnier than him. And they're not funny to him, but that drives them nuts. Right. And it's the same thing why I like a hot female comic has a, a rough road because every guy in the audience, as soon as they get in, go, Oh man, I'd fuck her. Right. Yeah. And then the chick's like, Oh, I would never wear that. Oh, yeah. you bet you're looking at her. Because I before I was a comic, uh-huh. I used to go to clubs and my fucking girlfriend would do that. When a hot chick would come up on stage, she'd nudge me. Bet, and the girl go, Yeah, I love anal. I'm like, ah she, Oh yeah, yeah, of course you're laughing. And, <laughs> right. and there's all this shit going on at the table. So they're not fo- they can't fuck because she's too hot. Yep. Which is so the guy weird. wants to fuck her and the girl's just tearing her down so they can't pay attention to comedy. And I find that so weird because again, we go back to like the girl like oh he's I don't like mean comedy but yet you love and I have nothing against her like you love a Chelsea Handler who's just vicious, vicious yeah. who just shreds people yeah. and like gay guys are like that too and they like they're like they get oh that's a homophobic that's mean but yet when they that, what they do like on the fashion runways and girls in Oscar dresses they just murder them caddy, like, caddy. nothing we do close to that to what they do to each other and to gay guys it's fucking weird it, it, it's just like it, you know it, it, being in a comedy club you know you get the bachelorette party or whatever or the, the, all the girls come out together all they do is f- just so much fucking drama at that table because all they do is rip each other apart yeah. as soon as one goes up to go take a piss they like, just oh, stab her in she's the drinking that. oh my god what? she's going out again oh, I'm not paying for a drink it's like all this shit, shit. I thought you guys yeah. were Friends. And then she comes yeah. back to the table. They love her. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm like, that's why I tell them. I go, you guys, nobody wants to get up at this table because you know you're mm. going to get fucking ripped apart. The guys <laughs> don't, don't do that it. shit. Don't I'm not going to walk it. away from here and go, I can't believe fucking Sam was wearing that hat. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't, I can care less. Yeah, 100%. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's, it's a pack. We run in packs. And they're know? fucking vicious. They're way more vicious than us just telling stupid jokes up way there. Way more. It's very weird, man. It's so weird because... Uh, like when a guy is on stage talking about women, they all sync up. Like I remember, like there's some guys' fantasies to do like a room full of all hot chicks. Not me at all. The, when I no. go into a room and it's way more women than guys, I'm like, this is gonna suck because yeah, yeah. they're gonna sync up. Like in some, they all just sync they up. Have that mob mentality. Yeah, and then they just turn on you, man. You do one mean joke, it's turn, and then they all hate you. But then they individually hate each other. It's the weirdest thing. It's like they're uh, they're like girls against guys, and then when no guys are guy around, girls against girls. It's the and guys are pretty much the same. No matter where we are, we like this, we hate this. It doesn't really change. What you see is what you get, generally. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're not very complex. Who uh, who do you think uh, is a better fans? Rock chicks or booty girls? You know, like girls who like hip-hop. You know, who do you think's more like a, a better groupie, in your opinion? Like crazy metal chicks or crazy hip-hop chicks? Meaning what? Like, like as far as comedy goes? Yeah, like who... who like you always hear the crazy stories about like uh, you know like back in the day when uh, who was it who was uh, like Guns N' Roses they were touring around or oh yeah like Guns N' Roses was touring like and how chicks would just like walk up and just start blowing them you know uh, who was it Steven Adler he's the drummer yeah. wasn't he yeah he was on Stern talking about like him and uh, the lead singer of Aerosmith Steven Tyler had, like six chicks or something yeah they time. were all and like Steven Tyler's just got this fucking anaconda and he's got like he's got his which 
isn't small but isn't big and girls don't care they're just grabbing they're just cock zombie crazy and they're just because that's their moment of like this is the greatest moment of my life I will never Yeah. this is me peaking right that's now. their moment to get some wrestling pictures <laughs> <laughs> well that's what I say about the whole Charlie Sheen thing like if it guys have been acting like him for years imagine if they had fucking they had cameras and TMZ and all these chicks after they got off a Motley Crue tour bus back in the day or Guns N' Roses or even Aerosmith yeah. it'd be the same stuff they were doing coke they were fucking throwing shit yeah. they're out of control they're threatening their band members they fuck six girls it'd be the same thing he's not he's just doing what everybody else did but every chick that hangs out with him the next day oh my god he had a bag full of coke and he was watching porn for four hours who hasn't done that yeah, yeah. who I've hasn't done that I've been talking about it on stage it's like if, if you're not you do, if you're not doing what Charlie Sheen's doing, it's because you can't do what Charlie <laughs> right, Sheen's doing. Yeah. You would want to do it, yeah. but you can't. You don't have the financial success and all that stuff and the instant fame where these girls are just like, boom, it's alpha male shit. I'm like, we're, they're like, he's going to die. We're all going to die. We're all going to die. Some of us are just going to die in depends, shitting our pants, talking about fucking kids who don't visit us anymore at the old home. And some of us are going to die with tiger blood and the greatest coke you've ever seen just fucking smuggled in in Pablo Escobar's daughter's asshole that's so pure with goddesses fucking trying to get our little nub dicks fucking up. That's how I want to go. And that's what I want. But then the guy fucking would show up for work no matter what. He was a professional. Who hasn't partied all night? We've all done that. And then you show up the next day. You're fucking hung over. Here's what, you can make it work. Here's what blew up in his face, I think, is like his holdout for all the money. And then he got the money. And then his salary, his ignore, you know, to a normal person, his enormous salary became public. It's the same thing that happened with Dave Chappelle. When Dave Chappelle got all that money... Every fucking thing he does, people are looking at him being like, oh, look, look what he's he doing with all that so money. huge, dude. You know what I love about Dave Chappelle? It, uh, first of all, let me go back to Sam, though. I love Sam's career, too, because I took the same route. I said, you know what? Fuck everybody. I'm going to do it myself. And Sam puts on his own shows. Mm-hmm. He goes, I'm putting fucking porn chicks on. I'm putting dirty comics on. I'm putting a freak show. I'm doing it my way. I'm not just going to be like, you know, the, the feature act or the headliner at the improv or the funny bone and just sacrifice my act just so I can work every week. Yeah, and he's like fuck it, and he's always that's that's why if, when we first met, I'm like I like this guy because he doesn't give a fuck, and he goes up there and he's like you don't like me too bad, I'm not changing my act for yeah. you, and I love that about him. But um, Chappelle, so Chappelle's you know does two seasons on Comedy Central. Nobody gives a shit. They just gave him some money. Hey, he's a black guy. You know, people might Industry like him. Favorite forever. He's a fun, yeah, he's been around a yeah. long time. Here's my, just go do your show. They didn't even bother him. Um, you know, they he would just hand in the bits and they go, okay, this is funny. Sure, make a couple little tweaks. Then after season two, when the show became fucking huge, it's DVD so, sales. It was DVD it sales. It became part of the lexicon. Of America, yeah. I'm a James bitch. All that shit. It was almost, it got to the Sopranos level. Yeah, you know, like yeah. people were waiting. So now season three comes and all the comedy. Now everybody wants a part of it. Like all the Comedy Central executives yeah. from everywhere go. Oh, we got to be on the set. Woodwork. Yeah, it's a Chappelle show. I approved that Chappelle show. Yep, I was the one agreeing yep. with that one. Mm-hmm. So now everybody shows up on the set. Now he's he's getting fifty million dollars for this next season. He's got a lot of pressure on him, and every fucking executive is coming down and watching all the bits yeah. now. Before sure. nobody was around. Yeah. I went through with Comedy Central before, so now, and all these assholes are going, 
oh my god you, he can't say that that's racist right you, you gotta take that out that cannot air all the while he's been saying that he's that's been what saying that that's, that's what made that popular that's what made the fucking Fuck show yeah. so he's got eight guys around that know nothing about comedy trying yeah. to tell Dave what to do when he's got the most pressure yeah, on him yeah I agree and you know what he said fuck you I'm walking and he yep. walked away from 50 million dollars and I can it. respect that because he can make 8 to 10 million a year just t- torn doing he's stand-up fine, dude. he's like fuck you I'm not putting a piece of shit out because yeah. you guys are gonna you know compromise I'm my comedy gonna, I'm not gonna sing and well, dance there's two shows now that have that kind of freedom and they're phenomenal and that's Louis C.K.'s new show on FX yep. and and uh, South Park South Park does not get, have to get anyone's approval they literally hand it in the day before it airs and that's what Dave should have done though. He's, they, I don't know why Dave had it on the Comedy Central set he should have just pulled his whole entire show p- took it down the street to some like production house he and couldn't just, he was under contract yeah, yeah. yeah fucking he was under contract and that and you know and everybody want to be a part of it now now you got all these guys making decisions yeah. that have nothing no clue whatsoever just watching these bits and it's exactly what you were saying because he went from two seasons of literally like just all of his friends on the soundstage or in the room shooting all this shit commando style there'd be fucking 12 people in the room and five of those people had cameras and boom mics to like a packed audience of executives you know taking notes and writing shit taking down notes. and trying to be on the fucking train uh, I had the same thing I was doing Comedy Central had this broadband channel called uh, Motherload yeah. they started some edgier program that couldn't make the network uh-huh. put it on there and then maybe we'll we'll boast it up there so I was doing these hidden camera bits right. on there and they for two seasons they did like 30 bits or whatever They just we'd hand it a three and a half minute hidden camera bit they'd go oh, just tweak this just take this oh, okay fine put it up on the fucking web and that was perfect so now it started getting popular so they go we want to make a pilot of this show because we were thinking about putting it on the air yeah. as soon as it went to the pilot there's fucking 75 snip, people snip, taking snip. notes girl fucking a woman you know that's got two kids that drives a minivan in the suburbs put notes I don't get it but I'm not I'm not, I'm not an 18 just what she said I don't get, I don't get it but I'm not an 18 year old boy then why the fuck are you watching it why are you it? even here why are you watching it go, go work on whatever you work on the original Naughty Show was pitched as a pitch pilot presentation I work with some really nice people at Comedy Central and you know they're giving me notes I'm working with them I'm working with them and then they, and I'm pitching them these ideas and they're like like this don't like this like this love this hate this blah 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 and then, you know so we get to the day I'm about to shoot it and they have this whole row for um, the execs who are going to and a lot of them aren't there anymore right and uh, they have this these execs who are going to come watch my show and uh, we have a one segment called uh, War Stories of the Grenade and that's where we interview people on streets about how they jumped on fat chicks so their buddies could get <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Right? So, you know, we go around, we interviewed people. And, you know, so, okay, the Comedy Central people are here. In comes a herd of, like, 50... year old fat women. And right there, I knew I was, I'm done. Because they take it personal. Joe Bardnick has the funniest saying in the world. He goes, never give a fat chick power because she has too many axes to grind. Yeah. And it's just the truth. It's, it's like you can't separate it from your own personal opinion. It's true because, you know, like a guy like, um, I always I always make this example, like Nick DiPaolo, one of my favorite comics. Hilarious. Fucking, 
good looking dude, fucking, but you know, every shit, he would never, he's, he hasn't gone as far as he should have, because that guy should have been a ma- major star. But he's a fucking good-looking dude, and he's a fucking manly man, and he doesn't take any shit, and if he has to attack women, he does. And every woman that's making that decision in the business, because all women and gay guys, remember him from high school. That's yeah. the fucking guy that fucked <laughs> yeah. me and didn't call me back, that sure lied to me. That's the guy who picked it's on me, the called, truth. called me a fag in the hallway. Yeah. They they go back, to, it wasn't him, but it looked like him, and, it, and he acted like him. Like, I'm not giving, it was, all goes back to the fucking high school. I knew Comedian. And that's why he's never made it past that. I always tell Nick, I go, Nick, I'm telling you, that's the only reason. No, it's the goddamn truth. It's the truth. truth. The fact girl, separate the fact girl guy goes up there and he's macho. Yeah, I fucked the fat chick there. Oh, well, you know, it was a Tuesday. It was an off night. Oh, uh, and it goes right back to the 50 guys that never called her back. 100%. Fuck him. It's like I'm the, not giving him anything. You know who runs Hollywood? The fucking cast of Glee. That's who runs yeah. Hollywood. And like when I watch that show, I'm like, who am I on that show? You know who I am? I'm the dickhead football player. That's how they see me, even though that's not me yeah. at all. But because of the energy I give out or maybe my look or even some of the, what I talk What'd about, say? I, I put out the vibe to them that I'm the guy who shoved them in the locker, fucked their girlfriend, yep. wouldn't let them take a picture of me for the yearbook staff. You know, for the, you know that's how it is. And that's why it's so bad right now. And we were ta- I was talking to somebody about the Oscars and like why nothing will ever change because there's no actual accountability for it. Meaning that if this doesn't do well, it's there's no nobody's losing their jobs. It's just they'll keep throwing that same shit against the wall until something that of that sticks. Yeah. It's not like okay, this isn't working. Let's try something. No, no, no. Let's just okay. That group didn't work. Let's try. We're gonna do the exact same thing. We're gonna keep throwing it against the wall, and it's gonna keep shit in the bed. It's all. It's you know. It's same thing with like with TV and also like radio, like classic rock radio. The radio is so bad you can't listen to it. That's why everybody's doing podcasts now. I love and, it. And, and and people are starting to listen to podcasts because classic rock radio will play the same fucking fifteen songs over and over. Got to be safe. Everybody needs to hear "Bad to the Bone" at least three times yeah, a day. Yeah, got to put you know jump it's and jump. You hear the on. same if you listen. If you're not like the hip hop, even worse. Dude. You listen to like regular FM terrestrial radio. Within two hours, you hear the same fucking twelve songs yeah. at the exact same time of the day. They don't even need. Like an on-air disc jockey anymore. I know, and, that, and like, that because they're just playing it safe. They're like, I don't want to rock the boat. That's why people this shit's blowing up. I know, and people when when we have more cable channels and the radio and satellite and podcast, people. That's why all the TV's not getting any ratings anymore. Everything's fucking diluted because yeah. that shit was force-fed down our throat for years, and now people have options. You have to get, you have to take the power away from the suits, man. And probably I'm never going to work because I'm saying this, but it's like you have to take it away from the suits because they want to control it and you can't control art. You have art has to express itself and it's meant to move people whether it's positive or negative, get people angry. You can't control it. And that's why, dude, God bless iTunes. God bless the Internet, man. You know, I'm like more Internet. I love that the internet's now moving to television where you can get your inter- your your internet on TV. Yeah. Just take it away. So now the suits have to go, okay, this is what the talent's doing. I got to encourage that instead of like, oh, no, this is what we're looking for. This is what we're looking for. This is, if you don't fit into that, this isn't here. It's just this fucking little narrow fucking group of people that we're making. Like the problem with comedy now is they're taking unknown comedians and giving them careers and money while they learn on the job. Well, you, exactly. Yeah. It's almost like a, a paid internship for a lot of these guys because, you know, they, they're they on a sitcom or they're on whatever they're on. And they're like, oh, or the worst, the one that we've talked about this several times, is the reality show person 
that then starts to do fucking comedy and and, and well, starts like headlining and stuff. The like, situation you know, says he's quitting. The Jersey Shore. I give you three months until you're yeah, fucking doing stand up. Until you're, until out, you're featuring yeah. for him. Yeah. And I'm like, I've been doing stand up for fucking 16 years. I'm not featuring for that fucking dumbass. And he's going to be selling out funny bones. 100%, man. All over the place. Well, that's a, that's the reason why I took the path of my career. I just said, you know what? I got to do it myself because I'm not relying on the industry because they have no fucking idea what to do. And I'm going to take the punk rock route, make up my own CDs, make I up my it. own shit, and fucking get it out in front because I'm in front of people every night when I was doing like. You know, firehouse and VFW halls, and you know, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. That's where I. That's where I cut my teeth. I didn't go into the sure. city because, like, oh, we don't like you're too fucking sexist. You're 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 rough I, around the edges. Go so right like, to you know real what? people. Fuck you. I'll go to the VFW hall in the middle of Pennsylvania Fuck in front yeah. of 350 people. I'll work on my shit there. Jim Norton did the same thing. I yeah. love Jim Norton because none of us. We I'm could, a big Norton fan. Yeah, they thought, oh, these guys are too dirty. They're, oh my god, I can't believe what they say. So we're like, fuck it, let's go out there, and the people dug it, and that's where we cut our teeth. I'm down with that, and then. And you know what? After like fucking nine years, I just mailed my shit in the Howard Stern show and he started digging me. I'm like, you know what? This fucking guy knows comedy. He's great. Because yeah. he's been on top and he's he's fucking funny and he's never cared what anybody else thought of him. He's like, fuck you. You don't like it too bad. This is what I'm doing. And then Norton got the show and got an Opie and Anthony, another show where Which they're like, great. fuck yeah. you. We're guys and we're just going to, you know, call people out and just be fucking rude. And, and you're real. It's real talk. Yeah. And, yeah. and you know, and that's what really helped my career and that's what helped, helped Jim's career. See, out. too dirty to me just means like too real. You know what I mean? It's like you talk like people how people normally talk. Well, if you're talking about real stuff, right? Then that's fine. I mean, I know some comics who are just they try to offend, and they're like, then yeah, you, then there's that's a, whole, this that's, that's a different thing, it. though. That's that's like oh, you're trying too hard. But when a guy's up there going, being real about what he's talking about, like there's parts of your one man show with our dirty, but it's real. Yeah, and it's it makes me laugh. Like I don't do it. Just go. Oh, you know what? Let me throw this in here because it's you know it's gonna be really edgy. It just makes me fucking laugh. Right. That's what like I've the girl done. which I loved, uh, the girl who told you you couldn't kiss. Yeah. And then thirteen years later, or so she calls you, and she's like, "I got a mansion. Come fuck me." And you show up, and she's just a fucking manatee. Yeah, four hundred pounds. Oh god. And I fucked her anyway. You did, and that's my. That's why I love you, dude. Yeah, absolutely. I'm the same now, was way. that out of revenge? Was that a revenge fuck? I didn't care. I was like, you know, I like I say in my show, goes. She called me like a Thursday afternoon. I go, if you can get laid in the afternoon, you're just playing with house money the rest of the day. Yeah, <laughs> I completely agree with that, <laughs> man. Who gets laid for the first time when it's fucking light out? Nobody does. Yeah, man. You know what I mean, yeah. like I don't give a shit. Whatever. And then she you says. bolted. She's like, my turn. Yeah, you're like, just, nope. Yeah, yeah, she did. Yeah, after she, you know, blew me, she's like, "Okay, it's my turn." I'm like, you know, when you're that big, you don't get a turn. (laughs) I just fucking bolted and took off. And you know, and so, (laughs) and I love that dude because I've done that too. I love how like there's some people like, "Oh, that's mean." She's a person. No, you know what's mean is her being a fat fuck and having everybody to deal with that. You know what I'm saying? That's mean. You're not the bad guy. She's the one who let herself go to right. 400 pounds. Don't feel bad for her. Feel, you know what I'm and, saying? And they always forget that she was a cunt 13 years prior. She was the one who told everybody in the school that I, I broke up because you couldn't kiss, so no fucking chicks would make out me. Right. Any time it was like a spin the bottle party or whatever. Oh, he can't play. He doesn't have a kiss. So it was like the whole thing, the whole, you know fucking school knew it in the neighborhood so right. you know so she deserved it in the end she got what she you know which is beautiful you know and like, they all get it in the end yes yeah. i was talking about like and the truth is like everybody wants a 10 i want a hard-working five mm. i want a chick who shows up in her hard hat with her fucking toolbox and it's like it's time to go to work do you know what i'm saying like last night i was at the comedy store and some of my friends are pussy hounds and, and they run around with fucking phenomenal chicks and i i'm like i guarantee you those girls aren't good in bed 
they've been pampered so much, and they're just so like, oh, you're lucky to be with me. Yeah, you know, Especially and I've been town. there with those Especially girls in LA. Yeah, yeah that's, I've yeah. been with those girls, and it's just like you're doing nothing. It's that fucking five that's like light. You know, it's like she's coming to the octagon. She wants your title, and she's coming for a fight. <laughs> And that's those are the girls of the story. I'm like, dude, this is a true story. I hooked up years ago when I first moved to LA. I did a gig in uh, San Diego. I hooked up with a chick who literally looked like she had had a stroke, <laughs> and half her face, like, like it was like it was the nerves or something didn't work. Best pussy I've ever gotten in my wow. life. Locked down, like just kind of like where you. St- it's that magic vagina where you stick it in. You're like, this is gonna be a short fight. <laughs> And most guys wouldn't fuck that girl because, you know, she's like, she's got that sag going on. Me, I get in there, happiest day of my life, dude. Wow. Phenomenal. Absolutely. I have a theory that hot chicks are only fun for like an hour. Yeah. When they're out. You know what I mean? They're really hot because, you know, when you see them like, ah, yeah, woo, and then you're like, all right, in about an hour, they're going to be crying. Yeah. Or they're going to be crying, they're going to be hungry, or they're going to get cranky and they want to go home. So you got to get them in that fucking hour while they're Small window. Because you give a hot, mostly, most girls, you give them time to think about what they're going to do later, whether they're going to fuck you or whatever. They, 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 you know, I don't know, this and that. They can't make up their mind. You got to get them in that fucking fun moment before they're out of it. Like if you want to get a threesome with a girl, like, yeah, we're going to hook up you got to get it done quick because once they get time to think they about turn it if you've got a fucking 30 minute ride with them in the car it's not gonna happen yeah, 100, no. like you and, get and that they're sober you and they're not drinking anymore you gotta yeah. you know what i mean you gotta make sure you're close there it's gotta be right here the club's here the fucking yeah. hotel or your apartment's right there yeah turn don't give them burn, time to dude. think about it man yeah uh, let's go eat you're right dude were you talking about yeah, pancakes yeah. you're, you're, yeah, you're soon totally as you pass right a denny's party's over yeah why well, I, I tell because i said i was the good friend growing up and i made all these rookie mistakes all the chicks didn't want to fuck me i go and then when i would get them drunk enough and i th- getting vibes like oh it might happen tonight yeah. i'd make the rookie mistake and go oh let's go to the diner and go <laughs> eat i'm like you, you never fucking feed a chick no. you it's late at night the pancakes are laying in their belly they're all they're fucking gassy sleep yeah. time and they see in the light like oh he's not that good looking they sober up you never fucking mm, feed wow. them never thought you should this. bust them never <laughs> feed them you yeah. feed them. You t- I said I said even if there's a lot oh that place is open oh no there's fucking rats in there you didn't read the paper <laughs> that I got place got a seat my place that place has yeah don't man. fucking feed Fuck. them oh god cause they get gassy they go oh I'm gonna be farting yeah. I don't wanna fuck them blo- I don't wanna fuck them the first night I'm all my stomach such a big. mental game it is Damn. Just fuck it. I know. Just how about you just fuck? Yeah. Just yeah. fuck. Yeah. Stop. That should be Nike's new slow. Stop overanalyzing everything. Just fuck. Jesus. You know, and hot chicks, you know, the problem with hot chicks, you have very little bargaining power. You know what I'm saying? Because their whole thing is like, oh, really? You're an asshole? They well, know there's bing, a bing, bing, I'm calling up fucking blah, blah, blah. Yeah. He'll be here in two seconds and he'll tr- fucking treat me like a princess. Yeah. They know like, they're being circled by wolves. We're like fives, dude. It's like. Leave her in the corner. Go away. Come back an hour. She's still in the fucking corner, waiting for you. Yeah. Like you know, Stretching. you don't take her off the leash. Let her run. That's why I like damaged tens that are just too damaged. They don't even realize that they have. But all that's this so. Shit. Th- and you know Where better are than the, anybody. There's not as many yeah, as there is. It's he called, knows. Fuck, you know, and they're sleeping. <laughs> you know? That's so much. So many problems upstream, though. It's just fucking weird, man. So where you go next? What's the next plan on the? I'm back on the East Coast. Go back home. One man show. Nah, I'm, I'm. Well, we'll see him. We're trying to get. I'm trying to get a director for it. So, uh, are you touring now? You have a kid. Are you touring as much? Yeah, you trying to. You know, I do like two weekends out of the month. 
and then do some local gigs and stuff. I'm trying to stay around, especially when he's young. He's like six and a half months old. Where's your favorite places to play? I love the blue collar towns. I love Cleveland. I love Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. I love fucking Boston. I love Philadelphia. Uh, You know, I love towns like that because they're just, you know, they're just fucking lunch pal guys, nine to five, Friday, Saturday night, go out of a few beers, have a few laughs. Yeah. I, uh, I find that, you know, once you leave like Southern, it's so weird. There's a part of LA, I mean, of California from LA to just below San Francisco, which is horrible place to play. They're dumb. They don't fucking get it. But when you like leave like that area, it's so much fun to get the fuck out of LA and go to like small towns and f- they are so starred for entertainment yeah. that you could do skull fucking grandma yeah. jokes and they're like, yeah, I was in, I did something in Washington, played this port town and we did with the monsters comedy tour and uh, we walked into this place and it was all gray heads and we're like, we're going to get murdered. We did. We, we were so scared. We started interviewing people like, who's your favorite comic? They're like, Bob Hope. Yeah. This is it's all dead people. We did the show. We murdered so hard and we were all shocked. Because we were sure they were going to fucking hate us. No, because like all the, all the people, they get it. They've been around. They fucking know, man. They've lost houses and family members and whatever. And they're like, hey, man, I just, I'm set my ways. I just want, I came out to laugh tonight. I'm not fucking I just want to hear an judge. opinion. Yeah. I'm not out here to judge. Kansas the state of Missouri is my favorite state to perform in. Kansas City and St. Louis. Louis. Yeah. Blue collar, yeah. fucking great, just comedy fans. Yeah, man. I love that state. You ever do a Deja Vu's comedy yeah, club? Yeah, I've done that one before, Love too. that show, man. Yeah, yeah, that's Love insane. that place, dude. Because that's a weird place because University of Missouri's right there, and I'm not lying to you. You see, like, Hollywood nines running around that place. Like, I always, That's my theory about Missouri, like these Kansas City, and they don't realize how fucking hot they are. They're dating, like, this fucking guy... That's you know, got that walks around with a spit cup and chews tobacco at a wedding, yeah. and he's all fucking greasy and dirty. I'm like, do you realize if you moved to L.A., you'd have a mansion in a month? Yeah, exactly. you'd be in fucking Charlie Sheen's house. Right. You don't have to take that. You don't. You that's I mean? that's why when I was touring, I was like, dude, we need a hot chick underground railroad where we see these chicks. We like, we gotta save you, get you under out to the south, right. you know, southwest, southern California. Like Sacramento to me is like that too. Like I love Sacramento. I went there with Rogue to the uh to one of the uh, UFC well it was WEC at the time and man we were going around and there were like smoking hot nines walk around I'm like holy fuck and like it's like cuz two things come out of fucking Sacramento UFC fighters and porn stars and crystal your, meth oh yeah well that's yeah meth is everywhere but right. uh I mean like I mean, like, some of your favorite porn stars are from Sacramento, and there's just something magical about that area that they're just, like, they're hillbillies, but they're super hot. And anytime I can gig out there, I'm there in a heartbeat. I mean, it's crazy. Like, sometimes I remember hooking up with a chick out there. She's so hot, I got mad at her for fucking me because I'm like, you could do so much better. (laughs) What are you doing? Maybe she looked at you as like, hey, it's an off night. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you were her four hundred pounds. You, you were the five yeah. with the fucking stroke. You were the stroke. <laughs> yeah, stroke face. She's like, you can't have flaming <laughs> yarn every day. Exactly. <laughs> Red man said you were. You were. Her you were her fucking quiz nose. <laughs> I was her stroke face. <laughs> she said, "I fucked this guy with tits one time." <laughs> but it's the opposite story, though. But it was the worst dick I ever oh, had. No. Maybe, maybe she no, looked at your arms no. and thought you were Robin yeah, Williams. See, that's the thing. Maybe I bring she the looked heat, at him like, you know, I'm sick of fucking these super good looking dudes and, and you know with six pack abs yeah. he's he's gonna fuck me good yeah he's gonna put yeah. the extra time in I tell Boy, her was she wrong. Dude, I'm <laughs> at the age where like if you get a young 
girl, dude, I put on my bib, I bring my fork, and, <laughs> and it's like fine. Di- I'm eating every part. I'm like, I'm enjoying this. Right, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, young boy, they don't get it. I always ask, like, like I see a hot chick, I see her, her boyfriend, like, she's 22, he's 22. I'm like, do you even eat ass, dude? He's like, no. I'm like, you don't get it. You will. It. Oh, yeah. Or uh, have you, you had will. an orgasm? I'll ask her, have you had an orgasm? Uh, no. I mean, I haven't had one. Yeah, you haven't had one. Well, no, I think I have. Like, they'll say it right yeah, in the audience. Yeah, you think like, you have, you have Are it. you fucking kidding me? Uh, my favorite thing is to take hot chicks and make them, I mean, like, really smart girls, and make them say nasty shit. Like, I love taking, like, Mensa girls and yeah. making them just fucking say retarded shit. <laughs> it's so hot. Like, I used to date this Israeli chick. I make her say, like, the Holocaust never happened. I just <laughs> fucking love it, dude. I love the nasty. I used to, oh, I don't even want to get into it. I used to fuck this one chick. I, I make her say, oh, I'm not going to go into it. But the point is, <laughs> it was so bad. She had to stop. She's like, stop asking me to say that. I'm like, this is my time. I paid for dinner. I paid right. for movies. I paid for I. I drove you around. I opened your door. You're going to say what I want you to say because this is my time. This 10 minutes of fury that I'm throwing at you is me. You, Everything else is you, and that's what sex is. That's the relationship. Everything is the house you live in, how you dress, car you drive. That's all women. Sex, this whole lie about my orgasm, I got to get off. Okay, we'll hope for that. That's bonus. If you get off too, that's a great thing. Yeah. But this fucking... 10 minutes, I want to do the weirdest, nastiest shit to you. Give me this. Give me this. Because everything else is soul-sucking. It's killing my dreams. You know what I'm saying? Kids and all that stuff. Like, ah. Unless you get older. And I think as an older guy, you appreciate having kids. But when you're like 22. No. And you have a kid. And you're like, I had dreams. It's fucking 20s, 30s. Exactly. As a comic. Jerry Seinfeld said it perfect about comics. He goes, comics are like 20 years behind. Like, (laughs) when they're 45, they're about 25. Right. He goes, so I, I waited till I was like 46 or 47 to have my first kids. That's what I was, I'm, you know, comics. And it's true. That's the best I, way I to do it. I had mine at fucking 46. If I was a girl and I was 25 years old and I wanted to get married and not get divorced, I would marry a guy in his 40s. Yeah. Because he is not chasing girls around. He's over it. He's probably infatuated with you because you're 25. You're gorgeous to him. You're going to date a 22-year-old. You're just turning and burning. He's just turning and burning at that point. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I've done all that stuff. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, you focus on all the shit. Who knew this show was going to be a relationship? Show? I don't deal with the fucking 22-year-old fucking complete messes anymore. Yeah, I, yeah, I got a whole thing about that, too. I used to go to this, this therapist, this guy in New York. He treats all these comics, right? He's fucking phenomenal. I want to start going to the therapist. This, I, I this never guy's did really good, but he used to tell me, and I never got it because I wasn't in that you know frame of mind mm-hmm. he's like dude you don't under- I go if I get fucking married and have kids uh, you know it's gonna fuck up my career and all this stuff he goes no he goes it's not at all he goes you're gonna f- you're gonna get more work done you're gonna focus on more he goes because right now your your career is one part of your life but the other part of your life is such a fucking disaster and chaotic a chaotic because you're dealing with all these crazy fucking chicks you did this one you're meeting this one here you're mm-hmm. texting this he goes it's, it's so ca- that you can't focus on your career but once you got that that family like you, your chick there and you know and, and your kid or whatever, you're going to completely focus on your career. There's going to be no distraction because you have that other party. And I never got that. I'm like, yeah, whatever, whatever. And then when it happened, I'm like, holy fuck. Yeah. I've never got so much work done in the last yeah. year and a half of my yeah. career. Because I was always, as soon as I got to tell, oh my God, I got to do this. Oh, this chick did this. Facebook this. Oh, fucking Twitter. Oh, fuck. I got to I gotta say, I, I can't come tonight. What excuse? All this shit. I'm like, that's, I don't even think about that anymore. You, man, it's I completely agree with you. I like, But you know what? You got to get to that point. You got to get to the point where you're, you're done with that. 
been you got to be like done it all. I'm over it. That, exactly. I need yeah. That. Like I, you know, I've been, you know, I remember being on the road and girls like come back to my place and I'm like. I really sit down. I start doing like math. It's like okay, it's gonna be two hours. Got to convince <laughs> yeah. her. Got to hang yeah. out, or I can just go home. Like I tell people, I'm at an age where like getting laid or going to sleep is equal wins. Yeah, yeah. it's I'm fine with both of them are victories in my. Because you know, like after a comedy show, you know, at the point when you're at the point where like I don't want to put the time in. Bunch of girls like, hey, we're gonna go out dancing. Come to the club and yeah, let's hang out. And then you're thinking, all right, it's fucking eleven o'clock. I'm going to go to this club. I got to sit there and da- I don't know if anything's going to happen. You just go, nah, I'm not going to go. Yeah. You just don't want to come back to the hotel at, at the bar and we'll have a couple of drinks. Bring no. Some booze. Gonna- All right. Well, look, I'm in fucking room 314. I'm staying yeah, exactly. there. Just fucking text me later if you want to. Yes. You guys you go out. cut your losses. Exactly. Or I got to go back to the hotel room and write. I got this thing I got to do. So if you want to see me later, I'm like, I'm not dealing with that fucking aggravation. Yeah, I dude. I, when you, there's something freeing about hitting 35. It's free, it, like that That vagina spell, it kind of goes away. And I remember being a kid, well, 18, 19, with my dad in Vegas, we went to the world championships of pole dancing. And we were all sitting, it was like me, my dad, and a bunch of old creepy guys. And I remember every stripper came up to me every time. And I'm like, oh, they think I'm the hot one. And they realized, no, I'm at an age where like, it's all about pussy. Everything's about pussy. And they, they can get shit. I'll buy stuff. Old guys like, no. Okay, been there. You're yeah. not going home with me. I'm not going to give you any money. I'm just here to watch you swing from a pole. And I'm moving on, dude. It's like that when that pussy spell goes away, it, you get more shit done. It's very yeah, freeing. Absolutely. They always say when you get in your 40s, that's when you really start enjoying your life. Because you're setting your ways. In your 20s, you have no fucking clue what it's you're like doing. It's like you've made every mistake that you can yeah. make and learn from it. 20s, you have no clue what you're doing. You fuck you up. You fuck up fuck everything. Up. Now, your 30s, you feel like you got to grow up. You're like, fuck, man. Right. I'm 35. I might look at my friends, this, or sure. fuck, why am I still doing this? I, I shouldn't be because I did this when I was 20. You're all fucking confused. But mm-hmm. when you get to your 40s, you're like, you know what? This is me. Who gives a fuck? You don't like it? Too bad. Fuck yeah. And dude. that's people always say your 40s are your best decade. Dude, mm. fuck yeah. I, I mean, I'm not there yet, but I know it's coming. And it's almost scary, too, because if you're not in a place where you, you've done some stuff, you start looking at yourself going, oh, man, what the fuck have I done in my life? And like uh, Ed Burns is coming out with a new show on uh, HBO about guys who turn 40 and like some have fucking blown up. Some have had it and lost it. Some guys never met. And like the whole dynamics of that and. Sometimes women don't understand that from guys. It's like, dude, sometimes men are defined by their careers and what they've done. Well, watch out. And uh, it, it can but be I, very I, rough. Yeah, look, I mean, look, Rodney Dangerfield didn't make it till he was in his 50s. He yeah. didn't stand there for a while. He quit because he was frustrated. His wife wanted him to have a normal job. And then he then he got he took like eight <laughs> years off and then got back into it. I mean, it doesn't matter as a comic, it, you know. It's not about being a good-looking guy, you know, you have to be good, whatever, you can fucking bald, you're old, you make fun of that. As long as you're funny, people come That's see you. That's why I love the internet. I feel like, you know, that during the 90s, it's kind of changed <clears throat> where they're trying to make it, like, if you watch, like, um, The Last Comic Standing the last couple of years, like, I felt like the first two years, even though it's a comedy competition, the first two years, there was a bunch of, like, guys who were, like, big-name underground guys that weren't huge... They were crushers on stage, but didn't have that national exposure yet. And that's why I felt like the first two years were good, even though Dat Fan won, but that right. was something else. Well, but that was because America felt bad that you know comedians were picking on them. 100%. That was 100% why. Meanwhile, that's what we do as comics. That's the way we show our affection <laughs> is we fucking, you know. But if you look at the last two years, 
you know, Felipe Spars, I'm so happy one. He's, I've known him for years and he's such a funny guy. Uh, but like the last couple of years, it's been all about casting young people because they're trying to do what they did to music where it's just like you got to be young to make it. Right. So the old ugly or the old people and the ugly people got to write the songs for the good looking people because that's all the all the suits want to put on, and that's why the numbers for last comic saying last few years have been shit. Yeah, but you look at a, a correlation to music, like all the the fucking classic bands, whether it's hard rock or you know the Stones, fucking Metallica, ACDC, Ozzy Osbourne, Judas Priest. They're st- they're they're in their sixties now. Lemmy from fucking Motorhead, sixty five years old, because there's nothing in between. There's no new bands coming up because there's no more record companies. There's no young fucking bands that are kicking ass anymore. So they go to the old crusty veterans and everyone goes to see that. Even the young, some of the young generations going, I'm going to start listening to the Doors and and the Stones and shit because that was really good music. And Aerosmith's fucking still out there and they're all in their 60s. So it doesn't matter about being young anymore. Yeah, I'm with you, dude. You know, those guys can still bring it on stage so they could still, you know. I went and saw uh, Metallica. In Mexico City, mm-hmm. I mean, how old are those guys? Shredding. That's insane. Fucking shredding, dude. I'm like, who's out there that's like that? I mean, there's a couple new beats, uh, new bands out. There. I heard about this band. They're not really new, but I just found Volbeat. Have you ever heard? Yeah, of Volbeat? yeah, yeah. They all love the Volbeat. They're good, yeah. What do you think of the Black Keys? Uh, I don't really know their stuff too much. Oh, uh, dude, are they're they're fun. I feel like they're a funky version of Black Sabbath. Yeah. They're more funk. And really? Stuff like wow, that. I gotta check that out. They're but, really good. You know, hip hop isn't the problem with hip hop is it's hip hop's at the point where hair metal was in the late eighties. It needs to go away. It needs to go away. Down. It's at a point, but but everybody's afraid to call it out because then you're considered racist. So that's get, what drives me crazy. That's the problem the ra- with it. Everybody, hip hop has not evolved in 15 years. It's still, I got my bling. I got my forties. It's I'm an oversaturated Every video market. is all fucking half naked chicks and they're pulling up in their fucking Range Rovers and it hasn't evolved, mm-hmm. but no, no critics will call it out because they're afraid. Mm-hmm. Young Jeezy gets fucking five stars. Every record he puts out Come on and do it. oh he's talking about uh, you know picking up girls in the club and uh, really who isn't really if fucking yeah. poison put an album out saying I want to get laid I'm driving in my car like oh fucking negative 50 stars the worst yeah. this is what they're writing about you know right. what I mean that's but- why I hate them dude I hate the critics they're fucking hypocrites and I just I can't stand the double standard the uh you know it's like it's you see it in comedy too it's like Black comics going up doing black jokes, white people, and everyone's going crazy. You go up, you say the exact same thing. People want to set the room on fire because they want to lynch you because you're a racist. And it's like it's not, it's not the same thing. I know it's not. Um, I did a joke in my one man show. I think I even said it because I did a black joke, and then I everyone went oh, and then I followed it with an Asian joke, and they laughed really hard at it. I go, why did you guys laugh? You didn't laugh too much at the black, but then when I did the Asian, okay, so we could still pick on the Asians. That's still kind of. We could still kind of do that, but the blacks, no way. So you guys pretty much fucking judge that. And the black joke is funnier than the Asian 100%, joke. 100%, dude. 100%. Because racism has gotten so skewed now. Like I talk about on stage, like racism like used to be, you can't go here, you can't do this, you can't date these people. That was racism. Yeah. Now it's like, oh, that's an insensitive joke. You're racist. No, it's not. I talk about black guys not passing me the ball at the Y. Right. That's not racist. <laughs> that's true. Absolutely. Right. That's true. <laughs> and me saying it isn't, isn't holding them back from getting a job somewhere. Isn't making, telling them they can't live near me. It's not. It's it's so skewed. But the, the problem is that there's nobody who's willing to go out going, fuck you. That's not racist. Because 
Someone jumps up, Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton. They do it all the fucking time where they call somebody out, and then it turns out it's not true, and you don't even hear them apologize. No, absolutely they, not. They look, owe a huge apology look to Look at the, the Duke lacrosse player. 100%. Yeah, remember that? That was insane. It was 100% a false. They, they even knew there was no case. The prosecutor just wanted to get, or the guy just wanted to get reelected, so he just fucking rushed they the They circled chargers. the wagons on that shit so hardcore. The yeah. girls are marching. Take back the night. Where's the apology? No, no, pal. Ruin those kids' Wreck lives. their lives. Bro, they, yeah. the, like the the coach there was like the one of the winningest coaches in lacrosse history. Gone. He's the can't, doesn't work there anymore because one lady went crazy, called people out, and everybody runs around. Uh, it's all bullshit. But well, that's but that's where it was, like we're saying that's where hip hop is because it one hundred percent. Someone needs to kick it in the ass, and and the critics aren't. MTV's not going to take it off. The critics aren't going to say anything because they're going to be considered race. So it's just going to fucking just it's just going to be shit. It's fucking pop hair metal at this it's point. Bullshit. Nobody's taking it to another. Le- it needs to get kicked in the ass like fucking Nirvana kicked hair metals. In yeah. The ass. Somebody yeah. needs to come around and just mm-hmm. fucking change, change it. the game. And it hasn't happened, and it's just it's just crap. Yeah, it needs to evolve as a. a I don't want to say as an art form, but as a genre, yeah, it needs that next level. And I think the next level, because you see what you see now is like a lot of those artists having live bands with them, and like you were saying, like more of a funk sort of vibe, right? But you know, like uh, I tell you, who's great at that? Most Def. If you've ever seen Most Def live, you know he has like a live band. He was playing with the Roots for a while. Oh yeah, and that's like the next level. Of that it's not just like a DJ and nine yeah. rappers on stage. There's with the towels in their back pocket. Thanks, the internet. You can find all them, man. You can find those bands out there, and it's just like, I, I, I love it. I love a live band. I loved your fucking one-man show, dude. I, I thought it was fucking phenomenal. Thanks. I thought it was brave. I thought it was entertaining as shit, and uh, I, I wish you nothing but fucking success with that because it's it's a great story, and uh, you know I relate so much to it, man. And I'm like honored that you would, uh, you know, because we've hung, we gig together, we We've hung out a couple times at the improv, and you know, I know you're a busy guy, and come down and do our show it was fucking uh, yeah, no, absolutely, honored man. and privileged, brother. Thank you so much for doing it, man. Jim Florentine, you fucking, you're a fucking star, brother. Well, thanks and, uh, for doing my podcast. <laughs> you got any questions you want to ask? It was us a pleasure. It was a you know, pleasure. Like, <laughs> anytime, I'm dude. This one up too, man. I'm fucking lazy. He asked him what our first album was. It's pretty much the end of the interview. Yeah. Anytime you're in LA, man, hit me up, dude. I'd love to. Like, if you you got a night off, you want a gig, you just want yeah. to kick it, man. I'd love to hang out. I love doing your shows, man. Anytime, I love it. Any time, you're perfect buddy. for like, yeah. When you did the night show, you crushed it. So, man, next time you come out, please come and hang. Red Band's doing the next one. We got a really big naughty show coming up on St. Patty's Day. We got Pounds, Pent, Nikki, Benz, Fetish Model, Matsui, Max, who is now booked for tomorrow. At noon, oh, yeah? yeah, she oh, called in, sweet. so we're gonna go big. I'll talk to you. I got a couple guests I want to do. Hey. Tebow, what do you got? Anything you want to shout out to people? Uh, next weekend, you and I are in Costa Mesa. Yep, and then and we're then doing the end of the month. We are at the La Jolla Comedy Store come all out, weekend. Dude. So come, come out, out to San that Diego. show. It's gonna be phenomenal. It's just uh, me and Sam rocking it the whole weekend. Me and you are in uh, Santa Barbara on Saturday, uh, Tuesday night. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Red Band's featuring. I'm headlining. It's gonna be great. And uh, I mean, this is gonna go instantly up. Do you got anything you want? Any shows coming Just, up? Uh, Jim Florentine podcast will be up probably in another couple weeks. Yeah, if you know anybody at Apple, listen, dude. This is how powerful this this podcast is. We got we got Steve-O verified. From as soon Twitter. As he, yeah, yeah when he like two hours. hours. Yeah. He did the show. Really? He's bitching about, like, Twitter won't fucking verify me. As soon as the podcast was done, he got verified. So 
Uh, mm. We're blessed. Red Band's got a huge following now. Anybody at Apple. So uh, go check out the Jim uh, Florentine uh, podcast. If it's not up on iTunes, hit somebody up on iTunes. Tell him to fucking put him up because he's fucking phenomenal. Let's and, uh, verify that for him and so, get that yeah. shit up. God bless, man. Thanks, everybody, for coming out, man, and uh, coming and listening to us. Uh, we appreciate the kind words and support we get on the fucking podcast. And Florentine, thanks again, man. Thanks, man. Thanks, thanks brother. Me on. Anytime, awesome, dude. Our pleasure, bud. Thanks for listening to the 90 Show podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes under Death Squad. And don't forget to go to DeathSquad.tv for all the links to all the performers, websites, and Twitters. And video components of today's podcast. This is Brian Redband. Thanks again.